Want to know why? Ask how. Howard the Humongous. Okay. In the midterm elections of November 6, 2018, the voters of the USA sent a simple message. Democrats and Republicans have to work together like adults. They have to stop squabbling like children. Now the big question is this. Did any Washington politicians get this message? Nancy Pelosi did. Just before the election, she declared that if Democrats won, she would work hard to find areas of agreement with Republicans and to promote bipartisan legislation. Congress and the U.S. Pelosi said the night of the election have had enough division. Today's election results are about restoring checks and balances. Fox TV, of all people, got the message, although in a nasty way. Twenty Antifa protesters showed up outside Tucker Carlson's home and terrified his wife and kids who were forced to call 911 for protection. Look, this is not politics. It is not even protest. It is thuggery. But in response, Fox News CEO Suzanne Scott and President Jay Wallace said in a joint statement on Thursday, November 9th, quote, the incident that took place at Tucker's home last night was reprehensible. The violent threats and intimidation tactics toward him and his family are completely unacceptable. I agree. But here was the most surprising part of Fox's message. We as a nation have become far too intolerant of different points of view. Recent events across our country clearly highlight the need for a more civil, respectful, and inclusive national conversation. Those of us in the media and in politics bear a special obligation to all Americans to find common ground. Even Donald Trump seemed to get the message of this election. He did something unusually civilized and magnanimous on the night of the elections. At almost midnight, on election night, when it was clear that Democrats had won the House, he called Nancy Pelosi to congratulate her and to acknowledge her call for bipartisanship. That was a terrific first step. But will that spirit continue? As of tonight, November 9th, three nights after the election, the election results are still coming in. But here's how it looks so far. Both sides have won. The Republicans have won the Senate, and the Democrats have won the House. The Democrats have won 31 House seats from Republicans, and may win a few more once the votes are counted up. And the Republicans have won three more seats in the Senate. How did these wins stack up against the biggest turnarounds in history? Here's how Bernie Sanders summed things up. Quote, voter turnout was 50% higher than in the last midterm election, and importantly, millions more young people voted. Democrats also replaced Republican governors in seven states, Michigan, Illinois, Wisconsin, Kansas, Nevada, New Mexico, and Maine. They also captured some 300 legislative seats in state houses all across the country. Voters in red states like Idaho, Nebraska, and Utah voted to expand Medicaid. Missouri and Arkansas voted to expand the minimum wage. Automatic voter registration and marijuana decriminalization passed in Michigan. 
and more than one million felons have regained the right to vote in Florida. Okay, so I'm not so sure about the felons. But yes, there was a blue tsunami. And was there a red tide in the Senate? Here's how Ben Stein, a staunchly conservative author and occasional TV personality, put it. A very bright guy. I've had lunch with him. There's only been five times in the last 105 years that an incumbent president has won seats in the Senate in the off-year election. Mr. Trump has magic about him. This guy has magic coming out of his ears. He is an astonishing vote-getter and campaigner. The Republicans are unbelievably lucky to have him, and I'm just awed at how well they've done. It's all the Trump magic. Trump is the magic man. Incredible. He's got the entire media against him, attacking him every day, and he pulls out these enormous wins. Okay, so Ben Stein has gone a little overboard, but his facts are basically right. So for once, when the first president of a republic to know nothing of American history brags that he's pulled off a deed of historical significance, he may possibly be right. Both sides won. But this midterm was what many have called it, possibly the most important election of our lifetime. It was an election of big questions. To me, it was an election about civility, honesty, and truth, not to mention freedom of speech, tolerance, and pluralism. Or, as Barack Obama put it in a mass email three days after the election, I'm hopeful that going forward we'll begin to return to the values we expect in our public life. Honesty, decency, compromise, and standing up for one another as Americans. But there is another big issue at stake, the future of the Republican Party. There's a 10-year-old war in the GOP. The Tea Party calls two enemies turncoats, in other words, traitors. The very word turncoat is an invitation to a lynching. Remember, in the Mexican-American War and in the Civil War, turncoats were hung. Who is the Tea Party's turncoat number two, the bottom of the list? It's the Democratic Party, not a big surprise. But turncoat number one is a bit more shocking. It's rhinos, Republicans in name only, mainstream Republicans, Republicans who have been under attack by members of their own party since at least 2009. Newt Gingrich says mainstream Republicans are in the pocket of old elites and support old social orders, and both the Tea Party and Newt despise these centrists. They want those who are dignified and ready to negotiate with Democrats flushed out of the party. They want a totally Trumpified GOP. And the Tea Party goes farther. It wants a vast passel of Democrats in the civil service and the FBI locked up, jailed, or as a Tea Party mailing put it today, not only can acting Attorney General Matt Whitaker rein in Mueller's opposite or outside the scope of his mandate probe, but he can also appoint a second special counsel to investigate the origins of the FBI's crossfire hurricane probe and investigate misconduct and abuses by Obama's Department of Justice and FBI. This is Spygate. And Newton the Tea Party did not completely triumph in this election. Far from it. In Utah, a man of civility and honesty won. Ex-presidential candidate Mitt Romney, a man who will provide a very different GOP role model than Donald Trump. Remember that in election reports just before Election Day, some Republican voters said they were disgusted with Trump and planned to vote Democratic. 
How many of those disgusted Republicans are there? How many Republicans want to stop the sixth grade name-calling? How many want to stop the demonization of Mexican and South American immigrants? A demonization that is so false it's ridiculous. Latino immigrants have far lower rates of violence and crime in America than red-blooded, red-necked Americans. The best way to reduce crime in the USA would be to deport all those who have been here for generations and just leave the Latinos. But how many Republicans want to go back to civility and to bipartisanship? Um, on the opposite end of things, how many Republicans want all-out war between the parties? How many want what both Newt Gingrich and Mitch McConnell specialize in? Gridlock. Bringing the Congress to a complete and pathetic standstill. Are the Republicans who want legislation on vital issues like health insurance and infrastructure? After this election, will Republicans be willing to sit down, bargain, and become effective legislators again? And on the Democratic side, Will liberal politicians be willing to do what Nancy Pelosi has called for? Will they agree to stop the investigations of Trump outside of the Mueller Russian investigation and concentrate on getting things done? We shall have to see. This is Howard the Humongous, speaking to you from the future. It's your job and my job to make. Or, want to know why? <laughs> Ask how! And now, for the sleazy slimy, appalling, denigrating, disgusting, little tiny off button. I think I found it.